This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hi, Rubin. Hey, Suzanne. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Are you still, um, you still in Texas? I am. Texas is a big state. It takes <laughs> a time to get out of. <laughs> so you're traveling. You're traveling. <laughs> Uh, and I started asking at the last show, but are you taking pictures on your trip? Yes, I am taking pictures. I uh, I was actually, I think I was saying it too. It's um, what's so interesting about traveling? I was granted, I've been, I feel in multiple locations since we've we've talked last. Um, the thing about traveling is, even though if if I'm traveling for work or whatever, you're just surrounded by everything new. And so when I'm in San Francisco, sometimes it's harder to see things differently and be in the moment enough to say, oh, stop, take a picture. This oh, is yeah. This it's like it's that beginner's mind, right? When you're, yeah. oh, when yeah. you're somewhere where you're familiar, it's hard to see things with beginner's mind. It's much easier when you're new and it literally is You're like, wow, <laughs> look at that. Wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's uh, like, for example, I mean, so still in Dallas, still mm-hmm. in Texas, Um we took uh, the lime scooters, so like the lime and the bird and the jump. They're all over the place here. And it's still – it's like early days San Francisco when they used to litter the sidewalks. And yeah. then they were removed by the city because people were tripping on them. <laughs> and and that, driving without helmets and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Although – I don't know if I should say this. I was like, we did drive without helmets yesterday. It was oh. a little scary. Well, children, uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. There. <laughs> but, We've done our obligation. I know. I do wear a helmet when I ride a bike, but yeah, those I, motorized scooters, which are equally, if not more dangerous. Um, uh, you ride a motorcycle. What are you even saying? With a helmet, with a full face helmet, for the record. Uh, no, you know, you're, that's what I'm saying. You're very safe. So, you, But oh, you're yeah. on a scooter, and for some reason, you just throw caution to the wind? It was. It's like a motorized razor scooter. What could go wrong? Okay. Except good. poor road quality. Anyway, I'm, I'm like, I digress. Yes. So anyway, uh, what was interesting is... We're, you know, we're, uh, I'm, we're on these scooters. We're kind of trying to get to Deep Ellum, which I think is the coolest sounding neighborhood ever. Just Deep Ellum. Who doesn't want to check check that out? But yeah. we, uh, we're on these scooters and we're going across and you'd think, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm on a mission. This is where I'm going. I'm not really sure about traffic patterns. I shouldn't stop. But it was one of those things where we're like, let's, oh, look at that. Oh, did you see this? Oh, did you see this? And it, it was different than if I were in San Francisco and I knew the corners and I felt like I could always come back and see it later. Mm-hmm. When you're traveling, I think there's an opportunity or um, it's almost like a catalyst to stop and do it now. You don't know if you're going to come back. You don't know if you're going to see it again. And so I do feel like I take a lot more pictures when I travel. Was that the longest winded answer to kinda, your question? Kind of, But you're totally right. Although I feel that way all the time. Like I see something out of the corner of my eye and I do have that thought which is yeah. i'll never see be here i don't even know where i am that's a i don't know what that was but it's going to be gone in 10 seconds and i have to make a split second decision of stopping or yeah. just like letting it go you see that stuff all the time why why am i stopping who cares that much but yeah you know then there's the one that got away there's always those pictures that are 
burdened into your brain and you don't have a real picture of it and you just think, oh, I can't believe I didn't take a picture of that. It was so cool looking. Yeah. It's funny. It's like we talked about this on one of our early shows and I was talking about the tunnel leaving North Beach on Broadway. Yes. Uh, when it's rainy and it's when it's nighttime and the the – like the taillights and the headlights coming from the opposite direction sort of reflect on the ceiling of the tunnel. And yes. it is, it's really beautiful. And every single time I leave North beach, I think of that photo and I never, I'm usually in a scooter, but once I've been in a, in a lift and I didn't take the picture, but it's, it is that moment that I always think, why don't I just stop? Why, why don't I prepare for this one? It's like, it is, it is that photo in my mind that well, it keeps getting away. We're always, I, for me, I always feel like I'm kind of on my way somewhere. I don't want to stop. I'm in exactly. I, I'm in a hurry at some level, and even if I'm not in a hurry, I'm, somehow it it impedes my flow. And I end up personally, I'm asking myself, why am I stopping? Like, what's the point? And then maybe the point is that you stop. <laughs> it's not about getting mm-hmm. the picture of the tunnel so much as not being so rigid about like being in a hurry and stop moving and take that moment it's su- stop it, and I think it's really the roses. hard is that what you're saying what is that stop and photograph the roses i like it yeah <laughs> stop and shoot the roses stop and hmm. that sounds a little more violent but yeah it does we, photography we always why are there all the, there's all those um violent kind of images the shooting you shoot pictures and um, you have used the hunting metaphor, though. I have. Well, the, the, the snapshot is a hunting word that came from hunting. That meant to shoot without without aiming, and that's how when people, you know, professional photographers did a lot of preparation and they'd set up their tripods and they'd take a picture. And now everyone had a thirty five millimeter camera or a little brownie, yeah. and they're just like click 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 without even doing oh, anything. Yeah. That was that's a snapshot. It was oh. pejorative. They were they were being insulting to say that they were snapshots and snap shooters. Yeah, but we've embraced that now. It's no longer bad. Um, so you're traveling. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, uh, even when we were looking at the some of the 50 uh, on the, in the last show, was mm-hmm. how many pictures, both famous ones and more for me, my pictures, uh, the subject is anonymous. And I think that it's an interesting idea because I think uh, – regular people taking pictures don't think that a picture where you can't really see the subject clearly like that's Suzanne uh if you're sort of half lit or in the dark or blurry or you know or it's just your hands that ends up being rejected because uh, we have this sort of thing in our head that says oh it needs to be fully lit front face to be a picture of you and I realize how often Remember my idea of synecdoche, of just having a piece of something representing the whole thing. And what's kind of neat about it is when it's a little abstract, when it's a little less clear who it is, it's a little easier for certainly other viewers to pull the story out of it, to to put themselves into the picture or to for it to be a little more timeless than just this document recording something. And I think that that idea plays into my travel my travel pictures when you're shooting stuff that they not everything is like a, a postcard portrait of perfection of the Eiffel Tower or well, what's in Dallas? What, what do you take pictures of? In Dallas? Is there, are there monuments or something? Um, th- Alamo? I mean, there are. No. There is. Well, uh, I think that's, that's further out. But yeah, uh, sure. I mean, there's a lot of like really interesting architectural pieces. There's cool neighborhoods. Uh, Kennedy was assassinated here, which is not. 
Yeah, that's a photo op, right? Yeah. Uh, let me think. I don't know. T- to be fair, I have not gone that far um, around the city. I, I forgot uh, about the, the Texas the deep... Depository, the, the Kennedy assassination. Did you go over to where that plaza was? I have not. No. The it's grassy knoll. macabre. Isn't that weird? a little weird? Have you ever uh, done those graveyard tours? No, because I believe in ghosts are real and I get really scared. So oh. I don't want a ghost to follow me home and haunt me for the rest of my life. Good plan. It sounds like a plan. Yeah. I mean, that's based on logic and science, so <laughs> absolutely <thinking>. not. <laughs> that's why I don't go on those graveyard tours also. The ghosts will follow me home. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, the idea, I, I always come back to this, this idea of synecdoche, that you're not a journalist. You don't need to be covering every single second of your vacation or your trip or these perfect pictures of portraits of people and instead, like, Take a camera on one of your days when you're out, like have a a photo walk day in Dallas. And it's not, again, you're not going into it thinking that you're covering this event like a journalist. You're just going to take a couple pictures, a few things, like work hard at it and then put it away. So you're then really experiencing your trip and not just living behind your camera. Yeah. I actually gave myself a goal on this trip. I said I have to take 10 pictures. So... I am trying to take at least 10 pictures what a day. You, what are you up to? Uh, today? Ooh, yeah. let's see. That's a good question. I mean, I did take a lot of pictures of uh, this, like, secret lobby I just found in the hotel. Wait, secret? Like, a secret lobby? Well, it's kind of like – it's not really a secret lobby. It's like this separate space that's behind this glass wall that um, I found a secret stair to. <laughs> so it's mostly – it just looks – it's like my living room 2.0. So okay. one, two, three, four. I've actually taken four pictures of that already. So I feel like that's throwing off my odds a little bit. But uh, actually, after we finish recording this podcast, I'm heading out into the city. So I will take my remaining six. Oh, that's nice. Well, it's nighttime. Yeah. And it is that's nighttime. cool. That will be a uh, that's kind of nice. Are you yeah. nervous about shooting at night? Does it give you? Does it no. make you? I mean, not nervous like you're going to get mugged. <laughs> I mean, nervous that the pictures—it's it, too dark out, and so your pictures won't be interesting, and you need bright daylight to take them or something. I mean, uh, is any of that? I, this is not a plug for Apple in any in any way, but honestly, since I've gotten the new iPhone, I, I think if when I had the iPhone six, yeah, I, I wouldn't take pictures after dark because they just would be absolute shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now it's like you can control it and it does – it changes the way you see things. But I think it's also – granted, it's like part of my program right now. I'm trying to take at least 10 pictures. And not that they're all good but just like trying to be more active and take photos so that I can lock in those moments. That's uh, – it, it, It's funny you say when you were talking about the, your 10 pictures and uh-huh. it, it doesn't matter if they're good. You just need to go through this process. You don't want to have that self-limiting <laughs> – Factor. Right. I'm reminded a friend of mine uh, was learning to write songs and play the ukulele, and she was told in her songwriting class that you need to pretty much write like a hundred bad songs before you get a good song. And so yeah. she started a YouTube channel of a hundred bad songs, <laughs> and she just that's plays funny. the terrible. And I think that that's and maybe it was Cartier Bresson who said, you know, your first ten thousand photos are your worst. Yeah, it's well, another version so- of that. It's so limiting to try to say, oh, I have to take 10 good photos. Oh, good God. I don't want to start that. <laughs> that's a, that's a really take high ten, thought. Any, any photos, right? Exactly. Ten, just take 10 photos. It's yeah. Good is the wrong kind of word to apply to this thing. It, the idea of just shooting is the thing, and you'll get you'll, – you'll start to amuse yourself by 
making them better or different or try harder things or weirder things. I love shooting at night. The, the lighting is he because, you know, there's natural, not natural light like sunlight, but everything's artificially lit by the world. You know, all the yeah. light bulbs and buildings and stuff. You know, one of the 50s, a George Tice picture that I like, uh, not the kids, uh, the, the, the Amish boys, uh-huh. but it's a, a picture of a gas station in, at night. And it's lit. Just the gas station is uh, lit the way you'd see it. And in the background is a giant water tower that is not lit. So it's just in the shadows, giant looming in the space of the frame. But okay. it's also because it's not lit. It's not you, you don't notice it immediately. I, I just realized I'm really far away from the microphone. Sorry oh, about yeah. that. Who knows? No one will hear you. <laughs> okay. uh, so and so when you're out taking pictures at night, think about um, leveraging the, the natural light. But not everything has to be lit. You, you're allowed to have things that are dark and mysterious in the background. It it almost draws you more forward. It's okay that they're a little grainy. It's okay that they might be a little blurry. Uh, don't let those things just make you rule out those pictures. That might be the best picture of your time in Dallas was that night you guys went out for a walk and it was right. weird and cloudy and the city lights were reflecting in the clouds and things had a kind of eerie glow and and all a little blurry kind of lends to the energy of the evening. That could be the, the best picture of the trip. And it's not anything that a classical, you know, lesson in sharpness and clarity and high quality like it's it's not following those kinds of rules it's just just you're just taking pictures of stuff right you still got to compose i think i still have to compose well i will i will uh be sure to send you at least one of my next six pictures well i'd like so to we can post it you can let me know pictures in here we'll have them before we, <laughs> we air the episode so um we can we can look at those you know i took a people on a photo walk the other day did i tell you that you did not know. It was a neo modern. Where'd you go? I, 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 we now have a a Bay Area um, photo walk meetup group, and there's four thousand people in it, and yeah, I yeah. Wow. And we did our we did a uh, photo walk from neo modern. We talked about pictures, and we went out into into Fort Mason and and kind of wandered around. And again, I like I I like this. I think it's. It is good practice for kind of walking around with your camera and looking at things and seeing how other people see stuff. I don't know. I was thinking maybe we could do a workshop sometime, like take a weekend and let people sign up and and just do photo walks and maybe work with Carlos on post-production and maybe we'll do some sort of shoot. I don't know. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I think it's good that you're not shooting a ton of pictures because then you spend like a whole afternoon trying to go through. It, It suddenly becomes work. And oh yeah, no. I've that's... taken I've taken our lessons to heart. Like okay, I'm not uh, I'm not shooting thousands of pictures. I'm yeah. I being... would expect your pictures to be pretty good at this point. We're on episode fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you should be a rock star now. Right? Uh, I mean, if it were that easy, wouldn't everyone be doing it? Uh, that's right. Are you, is your confidence higher? Would you say that you feel better about taking pictures? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think the, the big honestly, one of my biggest lessons is just is doing it and uh, and stopping and taking those moments instead of continuing to walk past of like, oh, I'll just do it. I'll do it later. That's nice. I'm not going right. to do it now. So well, I'm looking forward to see. So, so go out tonight, right? Go out, go take Will some do. pictures. You know, I'm always conflicted about, you know, when I'm shooting a picture and it comes up a lot when you're traveling or when I'm traveling is that I tried, let's say I'm shooting through a window at something out there. My first instinct is to try to move close to the window so you don't see I'm looking through a window. Right. Like I'm trying to make the the 
reality of my situation sort of go away. If I'm in a hotel room, I get right up to the window so I see the view out the hotel room window. Or even from my apartment, I'm shooting, uh, you know, the, the Church of St. Peter and St. Paul, which features prominently in all my pictures. I go outside <laughs> and I get that, that shot, right? But right. it's very different when you step in and you actually show that you're in a room. What mm-hmm. are you doing? I, but it's try to take, I was going to try to take a picture right now, but it's not working. <laughs> it's um, a fail. But yeah, like that's a, it's a different kind of mindset to say, I'm okay with the reality of the situation. I'm going to sit back and you're going to see that we're in a car and that we're looking through a window. Or I'm going to see that I'm in an apartment with things in the room and that's what's outside. And it's, sometimes it's hard to do that because we want to perfect our pictures and they feel imperfect when you... Uh, have these, you know, wires in the frame and window frames in it. But those can be very useful for composing, for making a narrative much more interesting. I mean, even my pictures of the church, honestly, it's often better when I'm in the room and you see that, that you're in a living room and that's outside the window. It's better than just like standing out on the deck and getting this straight shot. Did that make any sense? I don't even know. Absolutely. It... I mean, I think it's acknowledging the reality of the situation. Um, you gave a metaphor on the previous show when we were going through the 50, where it's like the boy's hand is kind of appearing into the crop frame. It's not photoshopping it out. It's not trying to distort reality. You're actually capturing the real beauty of what you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Sabasto Sagato has a picture for, that I also have in the 50 where there's a hand in almost that same position. And yeah. again, I'm always asking myself, like, you know, in Photoshop, you would fix it. And I and I really resist this desire to fix my pictures. Even though I'm allowed to play with exposures and stuff like that, I don't want to move, take that hand out. I don't want to take the wires out or the window frame out um, any more than I want to put in something amazing in the frame and suddenly say, oh, look, it's beautiful. You know, like. But I think that's part of your ethos. I mean, that's for you, that is trust. That is honesty. That is the reality of the situation. And so if you start, if you break the trust once, then what stops you from doing it again and again and again? Whereas if this is part of your your own like personal drive, your personal sort of mantra, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is my truth. You can't, you can't alter that. Yeah. All right. Great. Great. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco and Dallas. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes and to post comments, leave your reviews. I don't think you guys are leaving reviews. I'd like to see some <laughs> reviews on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from listening to us, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you something to think about. So until next time.